Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Getting to Better Together, our podcast mini-series sponsored by the Centre for International Development, Social Entrepreneurship and Leadership, CIDSL, of the University of the Sunshine Coast. I am your host, Richard Borden. Before proceeding, I wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, the Gubby Gubby people, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. It's approaching a quarter of a century since Ernest Boyer, the president of the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching in the United States, made both a disturbing admission and a call for transformative change in an address to an academic forum in October 1995. It seems to me, he stated, that for the first time in nearly half a century, institutions of higher learning, and he was referring, of course, to those in the United States, are not collectively caught up in some urgent central issue, an endeavour that was national akin to placing a man on the moon, for instance, or countering the nuclear threat of, of the then Soviet Union. Still, he continued, our outstanding universities and colleges remain, in my opinion, among the greatest sources of hope for intellectual and civic progress in this country. I'm convinced that for this hope to be fulfilled, the Academy must become a more vigorous partner in the search for answers to our most pressing social, civic, economic and moral problems and must reaffirm its historic commitment to what I have chosen to call the scholarship of engagement. Tragically, before he was able to further elaborate on that vital theme, Boyer was to die of a heart attack within a few short months of that talk. Questions about how university academics would actually involve themselves in activities pretty far removed from their accustomed work practices as teachers and researchers were left hanging. And so too were guidelines for addressing issues that are not social or civic or economic or moral problems, but all of these combined into complex situations where the search for betterment is more appropriate than the quest for solutions to relatively straightforward problems. And furthermore, these quests would involve academics in genuine participative partnerships with communities, organisations, businesses, faith institutions, charities, and even individual citizens in civil society. These would be conversations that would inform social action for change for the better. As regular contributors to our podcast will know, it was Boyer's call for universities to engage more comprehensively with civil society in addressing the pressing issues of the day that provided the motivation for this podcast series of Getting to Better Together. Over the past 50 episodes or so, we've explored such critical contemporary global challenges as climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic. National issues such as the complexity of the natural and social economic impacts of coal mining in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, and the difficulties associated with potentially changing the Constitution to formally recognise the voice of Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples. We've had conversations with senior policymakers from Nepal and PNG, as well as those here at home. We've sought to expand understandings of matters related to education, to local and national politics, to social entrepreneurship, to futures thinking, social conscience, collective and individual worldviews, and to matters related to ethics and moral concerns, including human rights and societal obligations. 
While many of the conversations with our guests have assumed a somewhat abstract nature, a sense of the theoretical, even philosophical, rather than a down-to-earth practicality, all have been born of the practical lived experiences of each individual that we have interviewed. Our thrust has been to explore the nature and significance of the pressing problems of the day, with less emphasis on actual examples of initiatives by universities that illustrate the type of institutional community engagement that Boyer envisaged. It is precisely to this latter issue that we turn our attention in today's episode. The Thompson Institute at the University of the Sunshine Coast is a world-class hub for research, teaching and clinical services for Australia's most pressing mental health issues. In addition, however, it's also involved in award-winning initiatives that are set very clearly within the context of Boyer's community engagement vision. The Alliance for Suicide Prevention was established by the Institute in 2019 as a strategic framework to address the Sunshine Coast's, the region of the coast, alarming suicide rate, which was 9.1% higher than the national average. This ambitious program is centred on addressing a complex social issue that involves the Institute reaching beyond its conventional research and teaching activities and its traditional community service frameworks to access, inform and engage community partners across broad industry sectors. My guest today, Mervat Quirk, is playing a leading role in this vital initiatives. Welcome, Mervat. Thanks, Richard. Mervat's been the Manager of Strategic Partnerships and Community Engagement and Development at this university since July in 2018. Her brief includes building strong stakeholder partnerships through the development, delivery and evaluation of engagement strategies, as well as promoting a collaborative voice to champion issues of critical importance to the region. Let me start by asking you the motivation for the launch of the Institute's Project in Suicide Motivation and perhaps to comment on the, uh, the developments since its establishment just four years ago. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Richard. Um, fantastic introduction. Thank you for providing that little bit of an insight as well. Um, I think that the Institute itself has been, its, its whole mission has been around recovery and its mm -hmm. whole mission has been around the aspects of actually providing um, core research areas in which we know are impacting people's everyday and their challenges. So I know that um, initially back in 2018, it, there was two areas in which the um, Thompson Institute was working with the Department of Health on, mm -hmm. and they were youth mental health and suicide prevention. Okay. And suicide prevention had been identified, as you shared, um, that the Sunshine Coast was a region that was heavily impacted. Mm -hmm. We lose more than one person a week to suicide here on the Sunshine Coast. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And it has increased a little since COVID in 2022, also wow. increased, unfortunately. Wow. So and, and, and the national figure is, is something like um, eight die every day by suicide? Yeah, that's correct, yes. So one out of eight. Yeah, so we are a region, I think our population sits about 398,000 at the moment. Um, and Queensland itself, you know, is not as big as a state as Victoria, but our stats are higher than Victoria. Mm, wow. Um, and we're a lot more regional, so there's different contributing factors and right. variables to right. situations. 
But I guess the alliance was formed based on tackling that challenge itself. Mm. And it was one that we knew working within a community like the Sunshine Coast community, which is a compassionate, supportive, resilient community. We knew mm -hmm. that that's something that we could create here and provide that support and really encourage the hearts of our community to be able to be part of something that, you know, was impacting them. Mm. Has research revealed any reason why it should be so much higher here? Um, there's, again, there's a number of, you know, variables that... Sure, complex. That, but um, I know that the... Things that I hear, again, I'm not a researcher, but are things that I do hear from our researchers and our professors around, we do have a high uh, return servicemen population here on the Sunshine Coast. Mm -hmm. We also have um, a region in which whilst we're very, you know, connected, but I guess in regards to how we operate, we're, we're not as connected as other regions mm -hmm. as well. So that social connection mm -hmm. um, and that ability to really... Um, formulate relationships and have that support network. A lot of people do transition to the Sunshine Coast for that lifestyle, mm -hmm. and I don't know whether that you know connection stays. They leave their families behind. Right. They leave their loved ones, you know, yeah. to come to, you know, lifestyle change. Mm. And I don't think it always operates in the way in which. No. Um, yeah. So, so how how do you go about doing what it is that you do? Yeah, I think at the at when we look at the subject of suicide prevention, you look at suicide itself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that's a not an easy discussion to have with people. No, um, there's still a lot of stigma that sits around you know mental health and mm -hmm. you know how people relate to having an open discussion or talking about the subject itself. Mm. So we knew that we had to create a narrative that people could see that they were part of um, a recovery mm -hmm. of, of a challenge that was beyond anyone really when we think about yeah. the impact it has mm -hmm. with every suicide what we know is more than 120 people are impacted from every one suicide is that right that's correct yeah so so Gosh. we know that from you know you wouldn't have to look too far to mm. not know someone who's mm. been impacted mm. by the loss of someone mm. um so, you know, again, that opportunity to create a narrative and share in a vision that people could be part of and stand beside us had to be one of honesty. Right. And it had to be one of authenticity in regards to not talking to people and, and sharing in the challenge that we have with us as titles. We had to talk to them as colleagues, as mums and dads, as friends, and really sit around the table with initially core decision makers mm -hmm. Um, we reached out to people who were natural advocates in the community and who had a voice, okay. but their values and their ethos were so strong in how they operated that we knew our voice had to be beyond ourselves as an institute and as a university. Right. We had to bring those people along initially that could stand beside us that also had a, you know, a voice and it could have been one in automotive it could have been someone who represented retail or it could have been somebody who represented um, an industry where predominantly you know men operate because we what we know is out of every five suicides four of them are men yes you yeah. know aged between 40 and 60 so we we sort of targeted and started working with our community in a way that initially could have a bigger domino effect so it wasn't just our voice that was reaching out to our community. Right. Uh, you're saying our, 
how much of that was you rather than our? Okay, that's I mean, you're not an academic. No, I'm not an academic, so, yeah. Uh, was there a sort of level of freedom that you have felt because you're not an academic that allows you or encourages you to actually participate with with others in conversations that perhaps academics might be a bit more tentative of, of having? Yeah, absolutely. I think probably, probably from my history and the way that I've operated, I've always understood that um, and believed in the me-to-we continuum. Mm. That whilst a challenge was being, um, it didn't matter where I operate, if it was cancer, you know, supporting people with cancer or young people to transition from school, I always knew that it was something that a community, it was a collective. Mm. And that collective really had to understand the why. Yeah. You know, and it always allowed my role, <laughs> and I guess, you know, looking at my own um, history, yeah. um, having more of that expertise and army stand beside me, I knew that the volume of what I was sharing would be a lot mm. more impactful. Mm. I mean, Boyer, um, as I say, was was unfortunate with his tragic death, so he, he didn't really elaborate on the difficulties. Um, but I know myself, uh, even though, you know, I'm, I'm a practical farm boy from birth, uh, I find that, that my academic language often presents a barrier to, to a conversation that one will have about topics such as, such such sensitive issues as suicide. And, um, and so, I mean, I, A, I really applaud what you're doing because you're not working with one collective, you're working with two collectives, aren't you? I mean, you're working at an interface between Definitely. what Boyer referred to as the academic uh, conversations or discourse on the one hand and the citizenry on, on the other. Um, and that must at times prove quite challenging. Um, yes, it, look, at times it has, um, because I had to learn, you know, coming into um, the world of academia. Um, I've been at the Institute now for just over five years. Mm -hmm. um, always have had respect for research right. and best practice, right. you know, um, and always really understood the importance of it when we're wanting to influence change or influence policy, you right. know. Um, but I guess there was that opportunity of um, relaying the importance of the um, nothing about us without us attitude. Mm. You know, that if we're wanting to have a solution, we need our community. You know, if we're, ta if we're looking towards developing solutions for challenges that our community are impacted by, mm. that that ability to know and understand where research fits, so that world of what happens within a university is absolutely so important. But the work we do outside our universities is actually critical. Mm. Mm. And and that link is what continues, you know, because our community look look to our universities, mm. you know. We, we mm. are the army of experts that, mm. you know, everywhere I look I see people that are so passionate about mm. the research areas that they're studying or that they're... Uh, training or teaching in and um, but how do we develop these into programs that our community can access mm, you know? mm. that translation is absolutely uh, so important because it also creates a, a citizenship for our university right it creates that aspect of what do we stand for who are we as a university and by us developing these programs and rolling them out where community are actually benefiting from them 
we're telling people what we stand for without mm. having to mm. to identify them in five values or but it's also very much a, a two-way participative process isn't it because uh, in the past and and I've been as guilty as, as many I guess in that one tends to see the the, the world outside the the academy as it were uh, as a source of research objects of things to be researched into um, very rarely researched with or even more rarely of actually listening in the first place to see what is it we really should research on in the first place um, and that's what Boyer was intimating all the way through sort of saying that this is not easy it's it's because as scientists we're trained a to look for objective truth uh, and b to develop an expertise to develop a, a, a knowledge to then have to say, well, wait a minute, we need to put that into the context of what other people want to say first. So rather than us saying, here is a problem, let's go out and solve it, it's what's the problem? What's And, and it seems to me that suicide is an extraordinary issue in that context. Of, Absolutely. Because there must be a myriad of reasons why people commit suicide. Yes, yeah, there is. You know, And I think the latest um, here for the Sunshine Coast, you know, the, I think... Alcohol and you know, drugs are always going to continue to be at the, the top of the list in regards to um, contributing oh, really? factors. Right. But I think that when you look at the situation around trauma and what happens, so um, yeah, the latest I think uh, data showcase that relationship breakdown was on the rise in regards mm. to mm. those reasons. Um, and there's also the financial situations and crisis that's happening for our community. Um, a, a number of different contributing factors. But I think, again, when you look at the opportunity where a university has the ability to partner, say, with what we have done with um, the Vulnerable Persons Unit, that's Queensland Police Service, and, mm -hmm. and working directly with um, a group that are, have the latest data and research into the, what is happening within our community and the loss of lives mm. in, in, in suicide. So what that does is it automatically provides us an ability to target certain industries. So when we knew that relationship breakdowns was on the rise in regards to a contributing factor towards suicide, we developed a partnership with Relationships Australia. So, um, so how do you go about that? Do you just walk up to the front door and say, uh, I'd like to form a yes. partnership with you? Yeah, it's really interesting. We actually invite them. We share in the mission in such a... Because it's whilst it's such a uh, an unfortunate situation in which we're having to, you know, mm. lose so many people to suicide, mm. the discussion can actually be one of solution. You know, where mm. we're actually communicating with our community in a way that provides them that we're part of a mission, mm -hmm. and they are part of that too. Mm. That they are part of something that is somehow impacting. Um, the, their own community, but also in a way that they wouldn't have the tools to know what their part is no. in providing that ability to support someone mm. or building that capacity of their own community to identify signs and really be able to help and respond. Right. So I think that ability to reach out to an industry, share a challenge with them, being a university, we have that respect. Mm. You know, we have the backing of our experts. Mm. So the door does open, but that it also opens based on the fact that they know we're standing in front of that doorway. 
without ego. Mm. <laughs> they mm. know it's not really about us. Mm. And they know it's actually about our community. Mm. And so it's something that is beyond, they're not looking, you know, as Mervat, this is Mervat's situation. They're looking at this is a community and the university is knocking at our door saying, mm. you're part of our solution. Mm. So much respect in that. There's a real skill in, in building networks, isn't it? Which is what yeah. effectively you're doing. You're yeah. not working one-on-one -on -one or running a campaign that's in the abstract. Yeah. But it's actually building networks of people and putting people into touch with other people and organisations and so on. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty rare thing for universities to be involved in. Yeah, it's not one that I was sort of very much aware of and I'm still very much learning about the university you know, realm and, and how it operates. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely found that the skill set that I do have is does differ right. in certain ways. So um, as I'm learning so much from my... Um, amazing research colleagues you know um, I'm also hopefully sharing um, the importance of um, that social connection oh, what you have to say must must be vital obviously yeah. I mean, otherwise it's yeah. it's in a vacuum isn't it you know? yeah well especially mm -hmm. when you look at the opportunity for um, further development mm -hmm. um, and I guess the succession planning and also just that sustainability of your research mm -hmm. um, when you look at if you want to uh, continue to bring people on and continue to obviously um, further develop your research there needs to be outcomes mm, mm. and those outcomes sometimes when you look at you know the longitudinal studies that happen those outcomes sometimes can take quite a while before they mm. um, showcase you know mm. the importance of that mm. but I think again that ability to create impact early on in your research programs and showcase that connection and those partnerships is what funding you know partners are looking for mm. they're looking for impact and they're mm. looking for that involvement mm. and showcasing the ability to really you know share how your research is going to not only is not only changing lives now but is going to change things in the future as i understand it the thompson institute um, is named after some benefactors that's right um, and so, well, again, another part of your your massive portfolio must be looking for potential benefactors as well. Yeah, yeah, the amazing Roy and Nola Thompson mm. um, initiated, mm. you know, um, the work and the intent behind the um, the Thompson Institute as well, working right. in with the university. Right. And they understood themselves, their story's phenomenal around the fact that, you know, they wanted to share and give back to the community that had given them their life and... And their futures and, yeah. and they knew the impact of mental health but philanthropy is such a big uh, opportunity for universities mm. and a lot of philanthropists look to universities just based on the fact that they know that this is our future yes this expertise is no longer even about best practice this is actually about next practice because mm. things are moving so quickly mm. and they understand that for that to continue that that investment you know in our people in our students um, in our universities um, working with community is what they're looking for. Yeah. So they want to see that change. So our programs like the Alliance for Suicide Prevention is an excellent example of how that movement of universities standing beside their community through industry factors and not being biased, right. which what industry that is, right. yeah, yeah, is so important. Mm. Fascinating. Do you... Um do you ever get depressed by the 
the sheer size of the issue? I think hearing um, the stories, you know, I am in a position where I do, you know, hear and where people share in their stories of loss Mm -hmm. and grief. Mm. Um, I see those um, conversations as opportunities for me to empower, you know, the that helps me work towards a solution. Mm. Um, but when I'm in those moments, it's definitely one where you have to be so present. And yeah. it does, it does. Um, after a while you do, um, yeah, you grieve with them. Right. <laughs> um, but especially when the situations, you know, can be supported mm. based on programs and mm. processes and training that yeah, people can. You must have. have known yourself pretty well before you actually took on a role like this. Yeah, yeah, look, I did. I had, you know, uh, the unfortunate loss. I lost my husband to cancer um, quite a number of years ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a brain tumour and my children and I cared for him for right. uh, almost two years oh. during the process oh. of um, the diagnosis. And again, you... Um, evolve as a person mm. and you evolve in a way that uh, you understand um, what empathy is mm. and understanding mm. the difference between sympathy and empathy mm. understanding the importance of what one person can do to shift and change a situation mm. in somebody mm. else's life mm. or what one person can say that can really provide that opportunity and I had a number of those experiences right. because I actually um, we actually were able to, you know, support him to even have him for those two years when it, we, we'd been given weeks, literally, mm. Mm. from his diagnosis. Mm. So, and it was all because of the people and support that had stood beside us, right. that had the training, that understood what to say and right. and were amazing people in the community standing beside each other and standing beside my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a commitment to Steve that I would continue to provide that support any which way I can and give back to the community that gave us That's life. Wonderful. So. Wonderful. Do you have um, counterparts in other universities in this country? Um, I know the university has some really, the Thompson Institute itself has some really great partnerships um, mm-hmm. with universities in Melbourne and in Sydney. And, right. um, but the suicide prevention one is one we're expanding on. And I was just sharing this morning that I um, had a meeting with uh, the University of Oregon, who's really interested in what we're doing here. Mm. Mm. And um, they've been doing quite a bit of their research in that gatekeeper training around how do we support our community right. to be trained right. to build that safety net um, and the efficacy behind that mm. particular type of training. So we're keen to share in um, more of our work. We're keen to expand the work of the Alliance of, you know, for Suicide Prevention because we see that as um, becoming almost a peak body yeah. uh, and yeah. for you know, for a region, mm. and each region will have its own because mm. no region is the same. No. So it's no. those variables, those contributors will shift and change. Um, and we're really wanting to replicate our program and and bring, you know, and encourage the hearts of those people. We want to lead by example right. um, to help them challenge what's been happening in their communities. And the quality of your work has been recognised by yes. an excellence in community engagement award as I understand it. That's right. 
Yes, exactly. It's been fantastic. So mm-hmm. that was an Australasian Award, um, Engagement Australia. Um, and we won the yeah, Leadership and Engagement. So Wonderful. It's showcasing again the importance of that, the university, that anchor in place system mm-hmm. that, you know, we are a regional university and being a regional university, we do have the ability to connect to a community yes. and be looking through the lens of that social, environmental even, and economical lens of recovery. Mm. What can we do around those wicked challenges our community is facing? Mm. Um, And if we can continue to show that in action and in real time, I think um, universities just will continue to flourish. Well, that's a wonderful note to end on with uh, an optimism from a world that sometimes must seem very bleak. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I want to invite you back at some stage to find out uh, how it's all going. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you to all for listening and I look forward to the next episode when once again we can explore aspects of getting to better together. Until then, goodbye.